0: Fruits or five pounds for a pint of fierce or a daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Oh, Good hey, evening. Welcome to the ABZ Football Podcast. Gav, it's you and I just now. Um, we're going to recreate Darvel, hopefully without the same, uh, without the same after effects. With any luck, uh, you and I are going to do a quick preview of the game. We're about ten minutes away from kickoff just now. And Dingwall, Graham's going to join us for halftime, full time. Uh, Gav, how's it going? How are you feeling today?
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're we're going with the same format as the Darville <laughs> review, which, of course, at the time, produced what can only be described as record numbers, record ratings, record buy rates, that though I think we can safely say it was to do with the result and the manner of the result, the situation, um, as we all know, there is nothing better for content creators like ourselves than the reaction, the desire to listen to the reaction to sheer catastrophe. I'm very much hoping that tonight we are just looking at minimal numbers because it's nothing more than a formality, a nice, <laughs> easy, comfortable victory in Dingwall, and then we can just put all our attention to, to next Sunday. I'm, feel, I'm still I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about good. tonight. Okay, so welcome everyone to episode
0: 98.5 of the ABZFP. Happy birthday, of course, to Aberdeen Football Club. 120 years of unbroken tradition. And as I said on Twitter earlier on, despite what you put us through, more often than not, we do still love you. Insert the party sound effect right here. <laughs> so let's get to it, Gav. Team line's not long out. One change to the Aberdeen lineup this evening. Probably not one we were expecting. Graeme back in.
1: I think we were all expecting Graeme to certainly come back in. But uh, the individual that he's replaced, not the one that anyone expected and certainly not the one that you were hoping for. No, definitely not. Heartbroken here. Ilba Ramadani misses out completely
0: tonight from the squad. Presumably that's an injury. I think we just worked it out that um, Ramadani has started every single game that he's been available for since he joined the club. He's played every minute with the exception of the last eight, I think, at dice in that uh, 4-0 Schelling, uh back in October. Presuming this is an injury, but it does mean, like we say, Graham Cheney does come back in. It's his 200th appearance for the Dons tonight. Uh, on the bench, Jay Horter dropping out as well for Joe Lewis. That's the only change there. I did see some rumours that Horter apparently left Patodri early on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if he... It's the reasons for that. Who knows? I'm not sure if that's even true or not. Um, be interesting to see if anything comes back from there. But you presumably, Gav, um, with the with the lineups now in, the same 3-4-1-2 formation that we saw against Kamarnik. And perhaps actually, not a bad thing. Maybe this is a game where we should be trying to take the game to the opposition a little bit more than, than sometimes we have done this season on the road.
1: No, I don't hate it. Certainly. I'm I'm surprised that with Ramadani not being available, you know, we all knew She would come back in and we're all then expecting this to be a tough physical game against Ross County. It's the way Malky Mackay, it's like, it's the foundation of his team Uh, since he's taken charge and dinged wall. I thought there's a conservative approach to be gone with, which is what I expected for Kilmarnock of Ross McCrory slotting into center midfield. And then one of Matty Kennedy, Jaden Richardson going into that right wing back position. But we've obviously seen enough with Ryan Duncan on on Saturday against Kilmarnock. He did have some good link up with the with the two strikers. It's a positive approach from uh, Barry Robson and it's a night for Ryan Duncan to, you know, we've seen bits and pieces. We know what, what's there. We know what his potential is. We've got a night here for Ryan Duncan to really introduce himself as a first team Aberdeen player. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, before we move on to Ross County, Duke's durag—not the usual attire for a footballer in the pre-match. Looking at the pitch, looking at the stadium situation, uh, whatever, whatever works for him. <laughs> Definitely, of course. As if you- as Chris Hendry has pointed out on Twitter, does this mean that he's prepared to win the ECW title, a la Vince McMahon in two thousand and seven? <laughs>
0: definitely um, in case you missed it today as well out on the Twits we do have an unbelievable fundraising ra- fundraising raffle prize available now uh, the at by tweets depiction shall we say of Duke's outrageous back heel goal at Tanner Dice in the 3-1 win recently signed by the man himself I think the print's worth 15 quid by itself we framed it the signature on it makes it priceless 10 quid an entry hit us up on ebz football podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to enter uh, proceeds from this one are going to go 50-50 between the Aberdeen FC Community Trust and the Angus McDonald's Foundation. Anyway, let's move on quickly. Ross County, they've got a couple of changes to their starting 11 from their win at St. Johnson last time out. Uh, Yakoviti, Kankola and Brophy all dropping out. Jack Baldwin, Keith Watson and Simon Murray coming back in. So it looks like County are going to go 3-4-1-2 or maybe a 3-5-2 themselves. I think you've already said it, Gav. I think we're probably expecting a bit of a battle. Our our form, we touched on the previous show, our form in Dingwall not great. Our form against Ross County full stop in recent years, also not great.
1: Yeah, um, what are you thinking now, Gav? What are you thinking ahead of kickoff? Well, I mean, I'm I'm truly disappointed that Eamon Brophy is missing this game. Um, That would have been a huge, huge advantage towards Aberdeen if this clown is starting up front for (laughs)
0: for
1: Ross County. I mean, if you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you get my exact opinion on Eamon Brophy. Instead, though, Simon Murray, who scored a really good goal um, against St. Johnstone at the weekend, he is a striker who's, you know, full of running, so that will present a challenge to to the back line. When you talk about the boy Jakovic missing, he's been a constant at the back for them. Jack Baldwin has a history of... Um, Over-exuberant tackling. Less than brilliant defensive moments uh, in, in key matches. So, you know, Duke, Miofsky, Ryan Duncan, all the attacking players, I'm feeling... I'm feeling good about this. It's big as well, this game now, isn't it? We've got the
0: the benefit, if you want to put it that way, of playing Friday night. I know it's a stinker. It's a stinker for us. Ideally, I would have been up in Dingwall tomorrow for this one, but circumstances dictated it because it was Friday night. I wasn't able to make it up. Um, But it does give us that distinct advantage now about being able to play tonight, hopefully get three points on the board. We put all the pressure then on um, the two Edinburgh teams in particular who play each other tomorrow. Um, at Easter Road St Mirren do go to Ibrox uh, tomorrow so I do, I do note that um, Rangers appear to be really struggling with injury so there might be a cheeky opportunity there for St Mirren to pick up something in Govan but it's a huge
1: opportunity for us to put in a marker and really put the pressure on for these teams now isn't it? It it really is, it really is, you know we've got the Edinburgh Derby so guaranteed at least one of our uh, close competitors is going to drop points, you would imagine St Mirren even though they're they're in good form, and I know Rangers are missing key players, it's still Ibrox. Michael Beale has um, got them playing in a way that certainly gets results. So it's it's you know, it's that opportunity to just like you say put pressure on our our, um, our opposition, our contenders, our rivals. Likewise, though, it's the same situation for Ross County because if they can win, puts huge pressure on Kilmarnock, Dundee Even then, you know goes about further, bringing St Johnston into the uh, into the fold in the relegation battle. So it's a huge match for for both teams.
0: Absolutely. On that basis, do you think you maybe do see Ross County maybe try and come out and play a bit more tonight? Do you think they, they go for this? They've got a great record, obviously, against us in Dingwall. We've not won there since, I think it's September 2020 from recollection. We've not won against them in our last six outings, full stop. Do they maybe come out their shell a little bit and try and go for it a bit more, do you think, because of that very nature? It's, it's a big game for them as well.
1: Um, Listen, in a top six clash, they parked okay. the bus and banked on an st- attacker being able to hit the ball off Johnny Hayes's hand from point back range. I expect Ross County not really change anything, uh, just be industrious, hardworking, battling, and get something from a set piece whatever. I still do expect this game will be decided by one moment of magic. However, I'm going to change my prediction. It's not going to come from Wayne Clarkson. It is going to come from Ryan Duncan. Okay,
0: there we go. So you're going with the still 1-0 Aberdeen. 1-0 Aberdeen. Okay, lovely stuff. I can't even remember what I predicted in the preview. Um whatever it was, I predicted it. Probably something stupid. It absolutely probably was. It's gonna go out the window now. I'm gonna suggest uh, Ross County Nil, Aberdeen 3. McDonald's are gonna put on a show on the TV for Sky tonight.
1: We've got we've got about ten minutes left until kickoff. Shall we see what the ABZ FP solar system were saying in there? Hope, fears, predictions. Ah, uh, that's
0: a good idea. I think that's a good idea. Let's have a quick look at that. Have you got it there in front of you?
1: I will momentarily. <laughs> that sounded like a good idea, and then I've not actually done it. There we go. Let's make, we like making these these features interactive with the people. Uh, Paul Ramsey, Miofsky, Drew a goal, 2 0 to the Dons. Neil Gray, best case, easy win. Worst case, same as last time in Dingwall. I'm not sure that's worst case. I mean we got a point last time. I mean it wasn't
0: ideal, but worst case for me is a 4 0 defeating Dingwall that we've seen before. Worst case in this kind of setup is a 1-0 defeat to Darvel. <laughs> Absolutely. Um who else have we got here? Uh MCM at MCM 8-9, 300. Hope three points. Fears none. Prediction nil Aberdeen. Uh, Ross County, nil Aberdeen three. Duke times two with Clarkson. So MCM is feeling confident. Jeff Bruce. And away went. That's all he's looking for tonight. Uh, who else have we got here? Carolyn, hope some decent
1: refereeing, fears bad refereeing, prediction a Duke masterclass and a 2 0 win. Uh, any more that jump out to you, Gav? Uh, David McLennan, I see Aberdeen have still to win a game against the podcast's favourite manager. That is <laughs> sadly, sadly true. But tonight is the night. Tonight is the night. The, night uh, when the Mulkey white knight will be will be vanquished.
0: <laughs> Where Malcolm Mackay has slinked off his local clansman meeting. Allegedly, I don't know. Maybe bleep that one out, Gav. Throwing allegedly in there again. Yeah, Tails O. Ian at Tails 1988. Hope for another win. Fear our long winning run comes to an end. Think it'll be a bore
1: fest. The Clarks and Screamer for a one 0 win. Skipper, skipper Northern Lights. I'm worried about injuries to key players. They have a team of thugs. That is fair. Is Callahan playing? Callahan, Callahan. I, I have a feeling like he's saw. injured. I didn't see his in name, season. in the, I don't think I saw his name in the. No, I didn't. No, he's not. He's not playing. Ah, well, that's a that's a bonus for the integrity of our midfielders' legs. <laughs> right there we go. Let's.
0: I think the teams are just about to head out. It looks like Gav. Yeah, yeah. We'll get on it. We'll see you in forty-five minutes. Um, hopefully, we don't have to open with the same opening that happened at halftime in Darvel. Graham. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Come on, you Reds. Stand free. Graham. Gavin. It's 1-0. But to the Dons this time, not to Darvel. 1-0 to the good guys. Absolutely. Um, Jens, your thoughts on that opening 45 minutes in Well, It took Duke 16 seconds last Saturday to get the winner. 16 minutes tonight for him to get the sorry the opening goal. 16 minutes tonight
1: to get the opener. Um,
0: apart from that, it's been a bit of a struggle, though, hasn't
1: it? Well, I mean, yeah, 16 seconds last week, 16 minutes. So what we're closing is he, he's on the decline. Uh, any scouts, any prospective clubs out there? pesh, don't even bother with them. It's been
2: yeah, it's been okay. Good start, really good goal. Conceding far too many corners and free kicks for my liking. Now, nothing, you know, no harm done. A couple of really good blocks, tackles from, well, basically from all the defense actually. I think they've uh, all had a go, haven't they? Well, yeah, they've all had a go, and at times I think that's been, been a really good tackle, and at other times uh, it's a little bit lucky you were there. So I'd like to see that cut out because you know another 45 minutes of them shelling the ball in, and you feel like something's going to drop. On the flip side, I'm pretty optimistic we can score. Again, they've not really offered a threat I was going to say through open play, they've not really cut us to pieces, if you like, but the law of averages would be if you're shelling a ball in the box for the next 45 minutes, something's going to give. So if we could cut that out, uh, we'd be in pretty good shape. It's been a very
1: frantic first 45 minutes. There's not been a lot of ball uh, on the ground in the midfield area. Um, they're clearly playing very direct to either Jordan White or into the channels for Simon Murray. Likewise, I think we're you know being a little bit too direct uh, at times as well with our passing. I would like us to get a bit more of a foot on the on the ball and really calm the game now, which we seem to be doing in the last five, ten minutes or so. Like Graham, uh, a bit concerned about the number of corners, free kicks that they've got into the box there. The guy Hammond seems to have a pretty good left foot, so he's getting some good deliveries in there. It's making me very grateful. The club obviously made a, you know, a committed uh, decision to go ahead and reinforce our team from a, just a pure physical perspective because mm-hmm. McCrory, uh, Scales, McDonald, Pollock, they've all been there. Uh, when they've needed to few last ditch blocks people are putting their bodies on the line I don't honestly believe that Ross County can sustain that level of performance in the second half Um, I do think that we will have more chances the more desperate they get Um, but likewise as Graham says you know you don't want them to be getting as many uh, touches in the box as they've been getting because eventually it's going to hit off someone or they're going to have a little bit of moment of quality Um, so in the yeah. second half, yeah. I just want us to uh, be a bit more calm on the ball and uh, have a little bit more in the way of maybe some some game management.
0: Yeah, first half, I mean, you touched on it there. For my liking, I agree. Too many corner kicks, too many free kicks being conceded in wide areas. It's seven corners to Ross County to one here at halftime. It's 50-50 on the old um, possession front, but Ross County with eight shots to our three, uh, two of those shots on target for Ross County to just the one for ourselves for Duke. We'll come at the goal in a minute again. But um, don't you think... Has it been, though, a little bit of a pattern of play under Barry Robson so far? Gavi just touched on there, but it's maybe been a bit direct. I think we've we've become that way in all, all too frequent so far under Barry Robson for my liking. We, we get a little bit frantic. We get a little bit, I don't want to say panicky. I think the clear message is to get back to basics, you know, play the percentages more often than not. But it does mean sometimes we end up just like, we just look a bit frantic, a little bit panicked. And as you say, it took until the last
1: 10, 15 minutes there for somebody to finally put their foot in the ball and play around a little bit. I don't mind being so much uh, more direct than than what we've been and just eliminating the danger at the back from our own of our own making. But there's just occasions where, you know, I think it's just, if you if the player with the ball just looks up and sees what's around him, he's going to have a better chance of actually finding a red, well, in tonight's case, a white shirt, than otherwise sometimes players just seem to like just get the ball into an area rather than mm-hmm. rather than to uh, a shirt it's not something I've noticed per se so much uh but yeah it's just like with the how how fast Ross County are definitely um but definitely up for it tonight they're definitely pressing us with a lot of intensity uh yeah. contrary to the the data that we see um most weeks when uh, we play on opposition side um I just yeah I just think Cooler heads could, uh, could prevail here, and maybe we're suffering because well, I think the game has, to be frank, despite my uh, my uh, optimism ahead of the of the whistle, uh, so the game's kind of passed Ryan Duncan by. Mm, yeah, yeah.
0: As a little bit, although he has been picking up decent spaces, I think sometimes you know it's just it's one of those if somebody could just again put the foot in the ball and find him, I think he's he's picking up decent spots and, and on the actual pitch itself. So we'll have to wait and see. Let's talk about the goal really quickly before we have to uh, disappear again to watch the second half. Brilliant bit of play by... It's probably the only real moment of class in the entire game from either side, to be fair. Um Lane Clarkson doing well on intercept the pass. Fantastic through ball. Duke with the first-time finish. I think he catches uh, Laidlaw a little bit, unprepared for it. He makes a bit of a hash to try to save it. But, hey, what are you going to do? When your luck's in, your luck's in is for Duke, isn't it?
2: Yeah, good run, good finish. I think I never noticed at the time we see it again that the keeper slips a little bit as he's trying to sort his feet out. But, you know so what, the through ball is great, the finish the first time, I quite often think, why would you not just hit the first time, because most people don't expect that, um, so yeah, like I said, it doesn't really matter, it's in the back of the net, overall, that first half from Duke has been it's really been good, I mean, it's not just the goal, you know, we've spoken the last few weeks about what does he do, he only scores, he's been putting in a shift, he's been tracking back, winning fouls, giving the foul away fine, but still he's putting a really good job for the team. That I can't see him continuing that for the second half. And I don't necessarily want him to have to, because you'd rather he's uh loitering at the opposition end of the pitch. But yeah, so far so good from him. I think in general, I'm not totally convinced by Duncan full stop, not just based on tonight. It's not really working for him. But in general everyone's doing a a very good job, or a decent job, and I think everyone's been a you know, right in this. Sp- too, you know, yep, so. yep. So if we continue like that, could maybe cut down on the corners. You'd have to say we're in pretty good shape for the, the second half. Likewise, I just
1: completely agree. Uh, it's a great pass from Layton Clarkson. Perfectly weighted gives Duke the option to hit it first time. It's still that's a difficult finish first time when the ball is moving away from you like that. To uh, but I do think it's the element of surprise. I think Law is getting himself set to kind of narrow the angle from where Duke could be going. It's at first time. That's what causes the keeper a slip. Um, he's been very, very good. Um, the only other opportunity that I think we've had in this game that really could have been decisive, potentially, is when Miofsky picks up the ball in his own half, and both mm-hmm. he and Duke are there. If he knocks the ball through to Duke, Duke is not getting caught by any Ross County player. Um, unfortunately, Miofsky takes the decision to go with it himself. And, well, um, Miofsky, with the best one in the world, is not the same kind of speed merchant that, that Duke is, and it leads to... The county players managing to catch up. Um I think
0: in fairness to me obviously at that point, he can only play he can only play it first time because they're both in the same half when the ball drops to him. I don't think he sees that Duke's there because if you look back on it, he's kind of got his back to him. Um and by the time then he's obviously crossed over the the halfway line, he can't play Duke in that line. Duke had taken up quite a bad position from that perspective. He should have held back. But yeah, that's pretty much been it, I think. So there we go. Four five more minutes to go. Um as the Dons look to make it three away wins in a row for the first time since I make it uh, the very, very start of the 2020-21 season. Interesting start that came out on Sky during the first half. In 18 games this season at Ross County, you've gone behind, uh, have fallen a goal behind and they've failed to get anything out of those games. They have won a game, haven't gone a goal behind. So it just shows how critical the first goal in this game could potentially be. Aberdeen's record is not a great, we've we've not won an 11 this season where we've conceded the first goal of the game. So all play for 45 minutes to go. Can the keep it up? Get the three points. It puts five points clear in third place ahead of the
1: games tomorrow. It is a massive, massive 45 minutes ahead. Yep. Let's do this. We will see you in 45 minutes. Absolutely.
0: Stand free. Right, gents. Full-time whistle. It's just gone in Dingwall. 1-0 Aberdeen. Three wins away from home on the bounce for the first time since the start of the 2020-21 season. Five points clear, now in third. Not a pretty watch by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like we can't start this now by not talking about what happened right at the end of the game there. Uh, an outrageous decision from VAR there to send Graeme Shinney off. Well, not from uh, VAR, from the referee reviewing it, but even the uh, fact he was asked to
1: go and look at it. I'm, just, I'm reminded that when VAR was introduced to Scottish football, that all the chat was that it was going to level the playing field, and it's going to lead to more correct decisions being made. And if anything, the the absolute opposite has happened. It's actually given the referees more opportunities <laughs> to make even more fuck ups. I do not understand for the life of me what Grealishini is meant to do in that instance. I guess the big thing to take away from it is that Grealishini just should not have bothered tackling the guy.
2: Well, that that seems to be applicable to any player who just shouldn't be tackling. And I, this isn't me going off and I sort of. Like, the game should be like it was, 70s, 80s, where you can Come just on, Come absolutely on. take someone out for no reason. But that's just absolute nonsense. He wins the ball, clearly. He's obviously going to slide into the guy because that's what's going to happen. What's he I meant don't... to
0: do? Dislocate his hip? Yeah,
2: no, I, I, I just, I cannot, it's I can't understand. how
0: you ta- It's a textbook tackle. It's yep. how you tackle in that situation.
2: And I can't understand, so, you know, refereeing the linesman don't do anything in real time, which is fine. <laughs> I take it as they're happy. You've got a VAR, so someone looks at it. Fine. It's alarming that it gets to the point of the referee being called to the screen. And then he goes and has a look at it and says, like, oh yeah, that's a red card. It's just fucking lunacy. And this whole, like, it's not VAR per se, but if you give a bunch of clowns a chance to look at something again, the chances are they're going to get it wrong because they would have got it wrong the first time.
1: I, I've never thought I would say this on a recorded forum, especially. But <laughs> Andy Walker is right it's these clowns are refereeing this by super slow motion and still images it's it's the still image of what happens when shinny does follow through but not taking into account any of the context of how that happens it's a bunch of people who clearly did not play football at any kind of level making these decisions and it, it could have been critical thankfully for ourselves Ross County weren't able to capitalize but now we're going to lose Graeme Cheney for Rangers. I mean, oh. I assume we're going to appeal this, yeah. but like Graham just said, it's the
2: same shower of idiots that are going to look at it again. So oh, and they always we... back their own. They, all, they have to gather, if you can insert that Lemmy sketch where you have to double down, that's oh, yeah. all they ever do because they, they, they can never accept that they've made a mistake. You know, they've always just got to be like, oh, well, that's it, you're stuck with it. So uh, it's just an absolute fucking nonsense. We should have been talking about Another three points, keeping this incredible run going. But we've got to talk about the incompetence that is the officiating team.
0: The the worst thing about this as well, again, is that, as you say, the on-field, at the time, the referee, the linesman, don't do anything about it. It's Greg Aitken, who's the VAR tonight. Greg Aitken, the same guy that sent off Ross McCrory against St Mirren a few weeks back for the alleged elbow in the face, when I think to everybody, when you look back on that, it was a bit of momentum that took McCrory's after he makes contact with the St Mirren player, the elbow rides up and, and catches, I think, who was it again? Um St. Mirren player X. It was St favourite Aberdeen fan, wasn't it?
2: Yes. Yes. His name completely oh.
0: escapes me now. <sighs> Only sure buddy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, Chuck Dunn. Charles yes. Dunn. Yes, thank yes. you. There we go. Um, you know, it is it's it's a straight red card, so it does mean we can appeal it ahead in XP's game, but there does become a bit of is there still the old double jeopardy in this that if you appeal it and then they uphold it, it now doubles into a two-match ban. And might even match back. This is this is Shinny's second Shinny's second red card, which means I think he's due actually a two-match ban off the back of that now.
2: I feel like you can't not appeal it because otherwise you're basically just accepting that sort of shite. I, I agree,
0: but do you take a longer look at this now and you go, Well, okay you don't want to run the risk of him missing then potentially the first and second games after the split, which games which may be more important to us. Now nah, at this
2: rate, we're going to batter everyone, so you appeal it.
0: <laughs> well, it's um, unbelievable. I mean, if that's a red card, we might as well stop the game now. It's fucking unbelievable across the piece
2: from... If you go by that logic, you know, Um if that's a red card, then Hayes should be a red card. It's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a red card, I should say, if they've won out, but it's no different in that he... Goes in, slides, momentum, catches the guy, and he didn't get the ball. Yeah, I completely agree. The um, the other big call in the second half, again,
0: VAR offside decision against uh, a called against Duke uh, as part of the build up to the to the goal that Miowski scores, which is eventually then flagged off towards end. And again, looking at the way that the lines have been drawn, I, I really am struggling to see how that that's been called an offside as well. I cannot for the life of me understand how that's been given offside.
1: I, I love that our VAR offside system depends on camera angles that are roughly about 45 degrees from any uh, decision that gets gets made. And then it appears that our lines are drawn with some guy using a pretty like beta version of Microsoft Paint. <laughs> uh, it, it's she- it's sheer guesswork. There's no way you can <laughs> actually make an informed, you know, 100% decision with that camera angle that they're relying on. Um, I thought it looked incredibly tight at the time. Um, I think just looking at what I can see I, it looks to me like they've, they've judged it on Duke's shoulder is like the furthest yeah. uh, point because of course it's the law is that it's any portion of your body that you can legally score a goal with is where they would start to draw yeah. the line it does not appear to be to my eye from that angle further ahead than the Ross County player's foot um, it's not but It's but, it's, but it's, the, the thing is it's not, there's no way you can know that is just guesswork
0: that is guesswork and was it, is they do you not meant to be if it's at that level you should be given the benefit to the attacking team
1: I have literally never seen an offside decision being given with the benefit to the attacker
2: <laughs> all I would say is just before all the drawing of lines with paint it's just really annoying that they don't put the flag up straight away
0: There's you, this, you gotta go through all,
2: all that. of that yeah. but apart from the fact people celebrating it's really annoying um, at some point someone will get flattened in a move that shouldn't be taking place so, there's my gripe. The people that got
1: flattered were the Aberdeen fans that went on the pitch.
2: Well, that's true.
1: This is also true. Um,
0: I, I, I meant to say before as well, the, just going back to the Shinny incident really quickly, that also happens because Jack Baldwin shits it. He he shits out of it, and then that means that the the, the tackle goes the way it goes. Anyway, the decision for the, the, the offside, I just I can't fathom it at all, because if you look at it, if you look at where Duke's foot is in comparison to the Ross Cuyter player's foot, if they're drawing the line off of his shoulder right, to say he's offside. Looking at the gap, you can quite clearly see that there is on the ground between the player's feet. Duke would have to be leaning forward for his shoulder to be offside. You can see from the image, he's not leaning forward. By about a yard, he'd have to be leaning forward.
1: I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Duke to be able to pull off some kind of Michael Jackson smooth criminal-esque the last <laughs> shit on the football pitch. At least, I guess, the main thing for us is tonight. It's two horrendous fire decisions, I think, they have gone against
0: us. They haven't cost us in the long run, which is the most important thing about tonight. Looking at the game itself, I think we were better second half. Still wasn't great. I would agree. But I thought we were better. I thought as well that defensively, despite we were getting a lot of pressure on us second half again, lots of balls being thrown into the box from either corners, long throws, free kicks.
1: Our back three in particular deserve a lot of credit, don't they, for the way they stood up to that today? I, I completely agree. That, the first half, the 19 minutes as a whole, I thought they were all um pretty, pretty damn superb. Um, I think at halftime they brought off, uh, I can't remember who they brought off, but they brought the boy Danda on. That seemed to make them try and get the ball into his feet a bit more and go a little less direct, which I think actually played into our hands. But, you know, um, for that last 10, 15, 20 minutes, all it really felt like was, the problem is, no matter where they get, if we clear the ball 30, 35, 40 yards away into touch, Baldwin's just going to be throwing it straight back into the penalty area. But um, I think of, you know the game at Dingwall earlier this year where we shit it from a a Baldwin long throw I think of under glass when we were 1-0 up and we our defense is absolutely pitiful when uh, it came to the vital moment tonight everyone every player stood up and uh, put their body on the line but especially the back three I thought they were all superb
2: yeah much improved defensively I would I could have done without watching 90 minutes of the ball coming into our box to be honest but when it did come in I think it's going to take me you probably never get totally relaxed it'll take a wee while before I am bit more comfortable but it's not the same wetting of pants that it was under Goodwin or Glass where the ball just has a trundle in the box and we'll somehow back heel it in or fuck it up
1: or just you know leave an attacking player completely open because why would, why would they be there?
2: Yeah, these guys seem to have realised that there, there might be someone from the opposite team next to you and maybe wanting a shot at the ball. So if you get rid of the ball, they can't do anything about it. So it's quite good. It might catch on even. In the remaining six games, I would like to
1: not have to see Duke playing as a sweeper. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I appre- it's Well, I, I appreciate the endeavour. I really do. I appreciate the work rate. Uh, I, it's six stars, but... Uh, yeah, you'd, like Graham said, you'd rather see Duke in the opposition penalty area rather than uh, mopping up. Indeed. It is, though. I actually felt
0: relatively comfortable for much of the second half when we were doing that. I didn't really feel we were under a lot of threat, and it just shows how quickly things can change, doesn't it, in the space of literally three months we can go from a position where if I'm watching balls like that get thrown in against us with the defence we had earlier in the season over the last 12, 18 months, to be frank, I would have probably needed a set of 10 men, I imagine, to be watching that. Those pants are pretty dry this afternoon, It's uh, this evening, it's fair to say, because that was, it felt comfortable. It didn't really feel like we were really under threat. There was the one chance that dropped to the boy Stones, who came on. Yeah. Who had a neat little undercut and ginger beard, which was lovely. Um, that flashed past the post, and Kelroos did his best Hulk Hogan, oof, at it swinging past the post. But apart from that, scrappy job done, though, at this point of the season, isn't it? It's, it's points over performances right now.
1: Yeah, but, but the, the critical thing is Kels not had a real save to make. I think all night, uh, as a matter of fact, bar maybe that effort from Murray in the first half. So you're nervous. This because, in the second half that just looped in his arms, yeah, straight, straight, straight into him. You're nervous just because you know that the sheer amount of times that the ball goes in the box, it just needs a ricochet off one player, um, and you know you're in you're in trouble. But um, a defensive display that I'm I'm very very happy with. And um, like like I say, it's just it's. Players putting themselves on the line and just doing whatever the hell it takes to get the get the three points. And, you know, we talked about before the game, that is that is a massive three points for Aberdeen.
2: Graham, are you Robson in yet? Um Well, I don't know. So I find it's kinda of interesting that the results are much improved and can't really be too critical of the result. However, <laughs> seven,
1: seven wins from nine.
2: For you in particular, Gary, who's usually first to flip about the style of the football, <laughs> it doesn't fit with what you're after. Graham, I get to sit in this chair and just be devil's advocate.
0: You know this by now.
2: Come on. So from my point of view, what I'm more bothered about the results is every week that goes by, it's harder to make a case for him not to get the gig. However, that's not really the kind of football because... I feel like we're going back to it's McInnes-esque in that we're swallowed and we're grinding out. And for a long time, you know. I guess I was happy with that for a lot longer than you guys were. But I can see the parallels and I don't really think the style fits with what I thought everyone wanted because everyone then moaned at the McInnes yeah. era. Now, admittedly, it did pass its sell-by date and it did get ranked towards the end. So there's a strong case that maybe things should have ended before they did. But my point being, grinding out results every week doesn't appear to be what the majority want.
0: No, and I think that's absolutely fair. And I think there will become a little bit of an issue, I think, if um, this is the pattern and style of play that continues to develop or continues to... While
2: it's this sort of... Well, we're probably past the firefighting phase because we're absolutely safe in the, the league and we really are pushing for third. So maybe things are a little bit different... But I think if you started off the season like this, or, you know, then I'm not sure that's what everyone wants personally. If he gets the job and he keeps playing like this, but we're getting the results, I'll be quite content. Would you not say, though, that's probably
1: more a consequence of two things that obviously when Robson came in in January, the obvious area of the pitch that needed addressing was the defence and to stop us from conceding? so many goals, especially yeah. on the road. And then he's also compromised by the fact that, you know, Bajawan is basically sent out on loan to Excelsior. Um you know, it was it was from Robson's own words, it was that was a, do- a deal that was done before he was really in in place. Yeah. Obviously we've had a number of attacking options like Cal Roberts and Shaden Morris who just have not been available. Um you know there there wasn't the space really to there wasn't the need to really approach the attacking sense because we had two talented attackers in in Duke and Miofsky and we have Leighton Clarkson and, and you know the big thing was about it's all well and good scoring goals we had we were scoring goals you know quite readily in the first half of the season but that doesn't matter if you're conceding four or five goals I think what we're probably seeing now is a case of like Robson said someone has bringing it back to basics eliminating the danger and then I do believe that in the summer if he was to get the job we would see a more A more entertaining style, but also taking away the stupidity, like, you know, playing it from the back when you've got the
2: players at Aberdeen can usually attract to play centre back That's all fair. It's just an observation. But then there's no track record that Robson can do what you're describing because he's basically finding his feet right now. So it's not really a, a dig as such. It's just, what is it, nine games or something like that? There's no indication of what his style is. Yeah in my opinion.
0: I think it's a fair point. I mean, it's something I raised, I think after the St. Johnston game, Um, the Camarnock game at the weekend wasn't much better. Tonight wasn't a whole lot better either, but at the same time, it's four clean sheets in a row now. I think it's the first time that that's happened since, I think I make it looking at AFC Heritage tonight. I think I make that since March, April 2017. I'm struggling to see a run of that um, after, after then. You know, so I think there is an element of of, what Gavin's saying is true, is I think he's come in, he's just had to sort out the shit at the back to begin with. But it would be interesting to see that if he is handed the keys to the manager's office on a permanent basis in the summer, is he taken to the side a little bit by Stephen Gunn, Alan Burrows, whoever it's going to be, to be like, right, this is great, you've got us to hear, but the style is going to have to be a bit different. Next season, or do we just decide, well, we're going to keep going with what we're doing. It's going to be a massive change over in the summer anyway. Let's not pretend otherwise, because of the sheer number of players who are going to be out of contract in the summer, um, whether they're on loan with us at the moment or whether their contract's just just come to an end. Anyway, there's going to be a big turnover in the squad regardless. And maybe that is the opportunity at that point for, for Robson to be able to stamp his own style over the team, I suppose. We're probably starting to nitpick at this moment in time, aren't we? Uh, yeah, definitely. We're going to turn um... our nose up at seven wins out of nine and going from being absolutely hammered 6-0 by Hibs to being beaten by Darvel to now be five points clear of hearts in third place with a week to go before the split goes.
1: No nitpicking from this guy. Loving it. I think what I've discovered in the last two seasons especially is that I am actually far more... Um, related to Graham when it comes to the
2: <laughs> philosophy
1: of football winning games is a lot better than playing playing it from the back for the sake of it when you can't even fucking do it yeah, it's quite nice to be sitting on a Friday night now you when know, we've done our job
0: um and we can just sit back and wait to see what happens tomorrow especially at,
1: uh, at Easter Road well as we've all heard um it's just the taking part that right? matters for hearts it's not winning of course yes so yes. you know I think as long as, as long as everyone has a nice day out then Stephen Nace will be happy uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I have no idea how that game's actually going to go. I suppose a draw is maybe the ideal scenario. But, you know, all you do is speculate at the end of the day. Like you say, we've got our points on the board now. So it's job done. And then I think that also does put pressure on parts in particular because they now know we've done our bit. If they slip up, basically even a draw, that's just them losing more ground. And there aren't that many games to go so you get, could easily get to scenario in two or three weeks where it, you know, if we continue and they continue in respective forms that's it done
1: I'm going to take a contrary view to that I actually think a Hibs will the best result for us tomorrow I tend to agree I think are they far enough back that yeah maybe that 10 is 10 points
0: the, off 10 points off Hibs are at the moment
1: yeah maybe that is the better outcome I'd, I would not bet anything that I own on that happening <laughs> because it's Hibs but uh, that I think would be that we'd be happy if Hearts are five points back Hibs would still be seven points back and will probably play up with We'll have two games get the old firm, another Edinburgh derby, I don't think Hibs are making up a seven-point gap. No, I think for me... Yeah, I that's quite fair. I would prefer the Hibs win tomorrow for the
0: same reason. I think Hibs are too inconsistent to make up seven points anyway, is my general gut feel, And I think that it would really, really hammer the heart's confidence even further. You know, it would... If they're hoping for a big Barry robson esque bounce off of Naismith going in... The best way for that to get torpedoed straight off the bat is that they get beat by by Hibs um, on Saturday. Ross County, I think, I think Ross County travelled to Tynecastle, I think is the last game before the split. So, um, Ross County, as we've seen tonight, they're stuffy. They're not an easy team to play against. Celtic faced exactly the same challenge we faced in Dingwall a couple of weeks ago as well and kind of made heavy weather of it. So to get out there tonight, first one in Dingwall since September 2020. It's first one against Ross King in six match or six matches prior to tonight. Big win. Um we've already talked a little bit, I think, about the defense. Um we've we talked about Duke Clarkson in particular at halftime. I don't know it's much more to add to that. Was Miofsky done a bit dirty by being hauled off when he was taken off, do you think? Or he didn't look right either when he came off. He looked like he was gassed a bit. I don't know if he's maybe
1: suffering a bit from flu, which is, I think, what Elba Ramadani... Um, well, suffering. I do wonder, because obviously they are besties, and I'm, I'm perhaps speculating, but maybe, maybe they live together. Uh, maybe he's having a... Yeah, had. maybe they decided 60 minutes was all he had in the tank. Uh, there were a couple of instances where his hold-up play was pretty weak prior to him going off. I do wonder if maybe it was maybe just a tactical decision for uh, Watkins to give us a bit more strength and get us a bit further up the park didn't necessarily work out that way but um, I, I I think that I think there was something not quite right and that um, it, probably a combination of a tactical and maybe just a, a decision before the game that uh, Miowski only had a set amount of time on the pitch.
0: Anyway we can't complain too much about it we've already said that um Top dons for you guys this evening. We stuck it out to the uh, to the solar system with a, a, a four of Duke. Who did we go? Duke, McDonald's, McCrory and Pollock. I'm seeing a lot of people asking why Scales and not get a Scales possibly could have got in there.
2: There are quite a few guys that could have made it in, actually. I was thinking, you know, there's that period under Goodwin where it was kind of a bit cringe and or piss-taking to ask for a man of the match. So there are quite a few guys that won't invade the cup because there's a, an arbitrary number that easily could have got in. There were a lot of really good performances there tonight.
1: I am. Um, I, yes, I think Scales could easily have been in uh, in contendership for this one, Thought he played Fetty very, very well. Again, it's um definitely more like the Liam Scales we were excited to see at the beginning of a spell at Aberdeen. But for my money, uh, even though Duke will again get all the highlights, all the plaudits, uh, rightfully so for scoring the winning goal, I thought Angus McDonald was an absolute colossus at the back tonight. Um, Won everything. Um, Even though he's not the fastest player, he seems to have a really good knack of knowing where to be and how to get his body in in front of uh, of shots. Good header, good communication skills. I thought he was immense. So Angus is my man of the match.
2: Yeah, a difficult decision because there were some really good performances, but I agree with Gavin. Uh, Angus is my man of the match, and I guess you'll go for... Ramadani, so it won't be a clean sweep. As a tribute, yes, <laughs> <laughs> to his it's memory.
0: Di- yeah, it's, it's disappointing that I can't put Ilbert in tonight. Thought is uh, it probably run a game that would have quite suited him actually. To be fair, but never mind. Anyway, if we can just wrap this uh, show up, Gary can get around with, with some soup for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, I'll go. I would have gone between Matty Pollock and, and Angus McDonald tonight. I thought both of them were excellent. I just love the fact Matty Pollock's heading everything away is becoming meme worthy. As the weeks go past, um, I am going to go with a, a, the two of you. Though, Angus McDonald, I thought, was brilliant this evening again. And um, he's my top don. As it looks at the moment on the poll, there's still a bit of time to go, but it's Duke on 31%, McDonald on 27, Matty Pollock on 32, Ross McCrory on 10. But there we go. That, I think, should wrap up episode 98 and a half. I think Lad's a little bit more of a. A positive mini for you boys to do a, a, a pre,
1: a
2: Medina end of game for once. I've blanked out the previous effort from my memory, <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Uh Yeah, on the day that I renewed my season ticket uh, for the Red Shed next season, they have not made me look like an absolute dick. So, half a happy.
0: Excellent. Good stuff. We will be back uh, in our same time, same slots next week for a preview of the visit of Sefco 5088 Limited, who trade as the Rangers to Pataldry on the final game of the pre split league season. The don's obviously already comfortably in that top six, chasing down third spot as we go. Gav, Graham, anything else you want to add? does there anything else we want to cover on, on Sunday night?
1: Um, I would just like to say that on the week that the the folks at the the Terrace podcast listen, love that, love you from the Terrace. But on the week where they decided to make up a list of the twelve best centre halves <laughs> in the country, and they included John Souter, who has spent more time like in bandages and like casts, looking like Homer Simpson when he tries and tries to go over the canyon on Bart's skateboard, um, I think Angus McNaught might have made them look a little bit silly tonight.
2: I think you'll find it's called Springfield Gorge. So, aye, the actual John Stewart is always broken. There isn't another one that I don't know about. Uh, no, the one. the one that is doing his best tribute to the memory of Aryan
1: Robin at Real Madrid. <laughs> 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 but
2: without the occasional techers. Mikey Devlin can feel very unlucky.
0: Has he played for Hibs No.
2: Oh. No. no I, I, I'm pretty certain he hasn't. I feel like I kind of knew the answer to that question, but it was worth asking anyway. Absolutely.
0: Right, that'll do us. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, dandies. Five points, mind the gap We welcome the
1: chase Stand for it
0: This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with the Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod as ABZ Pod for a three-pound pint of Foster's, four-pound pint of Moretti, or five-pound pint of Fears any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only thirty seconds' walk from the nearest bus
1: stop, taking supporters to Clodagh Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds!